Welcome to the 11th edition of the Stay Hot Podcast, 10th Region Weekly. Alongside me is Evan Dennison of Ledger Independent. And Evan, today we decided to do something a little bit different. Maybe uh, it's going to be a little bit of fun. I'm sure with some people out there to listen, it'll probably bring on a little bit of controversy, but I've never shied away from controversy in my life. And um, I'll stand by what we do. And um, But we decided to put together our, our own kind of Stay Hot 10th Region Weekly All-Region teams. And We'll get to those in a minute, but first, I want to just kind of congratulate the 2022 10th Region Class Hall of Fame. Yeah, that sounds great. I'm looking forward to this episode. Um, like you said, you know, opinions obviously bring controversy sometimes, but, you know, these are all our our, our all region teams. You know, we've been um, dedicated into the 10th Region all season long. We've been, you know, tracking teams, watching teams, so... You know, I think if anyone has an idea or a scope, um, you know, two of us do, as well as maybe a couple others. But, um, you know, I think we have a good kind of beat on the region and, and kind of know who deserves to be where and, and, and where they're placed. Well, here's the way I look at it. If they don't like our selection, they're more than welcome to start their own podcast and have their own rankings. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, it's free to do. I'm, yeah. I'm not paying any big money for this. So, uh, yeah. but, uh, and I think most of our selections, uh, people will at least have an open mind and see and agree with. But uh, first, um, the Hall of Fame Class 22, um, the players, um, three of the five players inducted today, I think were no-brainers. Jake Omer from Scott, um, what he did in that stretch in high school is nothing short of remarkable. I mean, you know, leading Scott to a title, then what he did at Rupp, and I think they ended up making the Final Four, didn't they? Yeah. And um, – you can tell more about him, but uh, Matt Wilson um, from Campbell County, and I don't know if you were covering the region when Matt played at Campbell County, but he went on to play at Army, and if you look at his college numbers, they're probably almost, if not more impressive than his high school numbers. Like, he scored 1,000 points at the D1 level, um, just a remarkable high school player, and um, Treg Setty from Mason County, and um, Treg is also on a couple, if I'm not mistaken, I think he was on a couple maybe state tournament teams. And the stat that kind of surprised me about Treg, I didn't know. I remember Treg playing, but he's eighth at Mason County on the scoring list. That's pretty impressive considering the tradition of Mason County. Yeah, Treg, Treg was a baller, man. He was a gamer, you know, and it, it, I think more impressively, he went on to have a really successful college career too. Um, and I know this isn't a college award, but, you know, Treg was a, a big part of, you know, um, all those all those teams that, had a very good run with Mason County from 2008 to 11. And, um, you know, eighth all time in, in Mason County history speaks volumes of, of, of what he was able to do. And didn't he go to my, uh, didn't he go uh, somewhere and then he transferred to Ohio to finish out his college career? I want to say he, he ended up at three different schools. It was, uh, I forget the first one, but then it was like Southern Illinois. And then he finished up at Ohio and had two great years there with the Bobcats. Yeah, he really did. And I, I just remember watching him on TV and thinking um, just how good of a college player he developed into. Um, Brett White um, is also from Campbell County, and I remember watching Brett play. I think he was before your time as well. Just a great guard for Campbell County. And, you know, they've produced a lot of great backcourt players, and Brett was one of those. And then um, the one that I'm not very familiar with is Mike Whitaker from Harrison County. I'm familiar with Mike Whitaker as a coach. Mac Whitaker coached some of the best Harrison County girls basketball teams as I was starting to get into the coaching business. And um, I never had the opportunity to coach against him head to head because I was an assistant, but um, he had some really great girls basketball teams and I'm sure he's in the uh, girls hall of fame as a coach, but uh, um, good to see Mac get inducted, you know, as a player, but I can't tell you much about him because I think that was back in the sixties and um you know, I just – I wasn't born then. I, I didn't get the opportunity to watch Mac play. Yeah, just looking at his stats, 1,065 career points, um, played in 80 games, averaged 13 a game for his career, and, uh, you know, made the all-10th region team in 1970-71 season. So, Well, you know. and if you think about it, I mean, 1,000 and, you know, 1,000 points in only 80 games. Yeah. Kids are playing 90 games now in three years. Yeah. You know, so – that's kind of impressive back then. You know, I know they didn't play as many games, but, you know, a 1,000 points back then was way more impressive to me than a 1,000 points now just because the amount of games the kids play. But um, And no three-point line, too, you know. Huh? And no three-point line with that as well. Absolutely. Yeah, that's a good point. Mm -hmm. um, 
I know there's a lot of people that played back in those days that talked about how point totals would have been way more inflated if there was a three-point line, and Mac may have been one that would have used that. I'm not for sure um, what position he played or, you know, how he got most of his points, but still 1,000 points in 80 games is impressive. Um, the contributors, um, and I think this is kind of neat, Rosemary Whitaker, who I think is the wife of Mac Whitaker, who is also the uh, kind of the athletic director, secretary, of Harrison County. I know there's been several times over there when I've brought teams that she's been gracious, just always helpful. And I think she's been a big staple to the athletic department of Harrison County. So I think that Rosemary is very deserving, but the one contributor that I think we need to mention that's long overdue. And you know more about this guy than I do, but Ron Bailey and just what kind of advocate Ron Bailey is for 10th region sports, not only present, but also past 10th region. I love to follow him on Twitter for all of his throwbacks and just the history that man possesses about the 10th region. I'm glad he got in now, but I think it's long overdue. Yeah, I mean, Ron makes my job easier some days. Um, He's a a great contributor for me as well as the Ledger Independent. Um, He's always provided me with those throwback Thursday photos. Uh, gives me a, a weekly column during the football season with his picks, and it usually preserves some sort of history um, back in the day, whether it was, you know, Fee High School or Maysville Bulldogs or Minerva or Tolesboro. You know, he he just he, – he, he has his hand in, in, in a lot of history and, and does a great job of preserving it for the area and uh, is a valuable asset to not only Mason County, but like you said, the 10th region, so – um, very it's happy like for he's him and he's a great man. He really it's is. It's like he's a walking tenth region almanac. Yeah. Um, he's he sat next to me at the dirt bowl in August and yeah. the stories he told. Of course, he remembers when my dad played. My dad's been inducted into the tenth region hall of fame as a player. Mm-hmm. And um just the stories he would tell in his memory, like he would recant the story as if it happened yesterday. Yeah, it's just a phenomenal memory. And he tells those stories in a captivating way that you you just can't get away. You just sit there and you're hooked and you keep listening. And just an interesting man who, you know, has his hand in a lot of things still to this day, 10th region. Um, I know he's big into the Dirt Bowl when they got the uh, MVPs, kind of the Ron Bailey Award, which is a huge honor for him. And but um, and this is something you'll know about that. I, I, I don't know if they podcast this, if I could listen to it, but they got a daily Bailey I hear on the radio Um I'd like to promote that. If you can go back and listen to those, you know, let us know how, or do you know how to do that? Do they archive those or? That'd be a Travis Skaggs question. Cause that's, you know, his WFTM daily Bailey where he gets on for, you know, maybe a minute. I think it's like, you know, every, maybe it might be every morning or every other day. Well, I think it's called daily Bailey cause it's every day. Yeah, and he gets on for a minute and gives tidbits from either the past or, you know, maybe something that, that's coming up. And, you know, he's a, he's a great asset. And, uh, you know, it's funny you say, you know, just the almanac thing. And, uh, you know, I when I'm down at, like, big events, whether it be maybe a, a U.K. or a Bengals game, sitting in the press box, and I'll see John Clay, who works for the Lexington Herald Leader. His wife's from Brooksville in Bracken County. And uh, he'll be like – you still talk to that Ron Bailey guy? And I'm like, yeah. He's like, man, that guy's a human encyclopedia. I'm like, yeah, he sure is, man. And, uh, you know, he helps John Clay sometimes with some tidbits of, of you know, past history. And it's just amazing how much, you know, Ron knows and, and just a, a great man too. You know, he, he'll he take me out to lunch, you know, once every once in a while and, you know, pick up my tab. And he's, he's just he's just a great guy and he's, he's fun to talk to. And I enjoy my time anytime I'm around him. And, uh, you know, it, that one means a lot to me. And, and I think a lot to the the community around the area that he got inducted. And last thing I'll say about Ron is it's just, you know, for him to be a part of the region for so many years and for him to continue to do all the things he does and just, you know, he's just one of those people that when you think of the word 10th region contributor, he immediately pops into my mind. Like, just, you know, he's phenomenal. So, congratulations to Ron and Rosemary. And then the coach, um, Gary Turner. Gary Turner coached at Pendleton County. And um, I'll tell you this about Gary that a lot of people don't realize is he's now the assistant coach for the Pendleton County Lady Cats. And he helps Jenna O'Hara, who formerly Jenna Kelch, who played at Pendleton County. So, Gary is a coach who coached back in the 70s. And still involved in the game today, helping on the girls' side. So Gary Turner is also one of those longtime 10th region 
um, people who, you know, just kind of been around a long time who appreciates the importance of the 10th region. And so good to see him honored and inducted. My, my question to you, is he related to Talbert? Um, I can't answer that. I would say yes, probably. Most Turners maybe over there are, but I, I wouldn't be able to tell you how. It may be an uncle, not Coach, sure, but um, – During his time there, I know that. And um, Wasn't it in the early 70s? Uh, I think that was uh, the, the early 80s, I thought. Because uh, it looks uh, like he from 1982 to 89. Okay, I'm sorry. So he coached in the 80s, okay. Yeah, and then um, I, I don't want to skip over, you know, Jake and, and Matt, just because, I, I mean, I know – um, those two guys, it, it kind of tells me I'm, I'm starting to age a little bit because I actually did get to see those guys play um, Matt's senior year. And then I saw Jake in both his, uh, you know, uh, junior and senior years. And, um, you know, Jake hitting back on him. And I mean, I, I think, you know, his name's going to go down um, just as one of those legends that, that you're never really going to forget. And I think a lot of it has to do maybe with you know, his whole body of work is obviously very impressive, but I think that shot at the field house is, is something that people will, will, will never forget that what he did against Campbell County in the region championship. You know, it's a fadeaway three-pointer off a long rebound, and, uh, you know, that shot puts Scott into the state tournament, and then he has one of the more memorable runs, you know, at Rupp where, uh, you know, for he leads helps lead his team to the Final Four, and they come up just a, a possession shy against the eventual state championship champions in Bowling Green, who end up who now have an NBA player in uh, Terry Taylor, who's playing for the Pacers. So, uh, you know, he was a, a great athlete and um, just a great scorer. I mean, a guy that could just flat out score. And, and Jake, he was a heck of a rebounder too. You know, if I'm not mistaken, um, when Jake Omer was a freshman, he threw a no hitter in the baseball regional finals to beat Harrison County. Yep, and then I think he threw like a one hitter at the state tournament. They beat South Warren, so um, just a phenomenal athlete. And like you said, um, one of those, you know, and maybe if we do this long enough, we can do one of those tenth region legend teams or whatever. And you know, most people think of the tenth region legends. Chris Lofton comes into mind. You know, Darius Miller. You know what those guys have done. But Jake Omer shot, I think, cemented him into kind of 10th region legacy, uh, being a legend in the 10th region. And I remember the shot. I remember thinking there's no way he can make that. But one thing I learned is <laughs> don't ever say Jake Omer can't do something. <laughs> very impressive player, very impressive. And then, uh, you know, hitting on Matt Wilson, I got to see him his senior year. Um, you know, I only got to see one or two games of his because they, you know, they got beat by Mason County at the buzzer in the first round of the – 10th region tournament, but I mean, that guy was a load. I mean, you look at his junior and senior years of 18 points, 12 rebounds a game, four blocks a game his junior year, and then his senior year, 18.9 points, 12 rebounds a game, and, and did it efficiently too. He shot over 50% from the field in both those seasons. And um, just uh, an, an incredible basketball player who, you know, went on to have another good college career and, and, and won two region titles his sophomore and, uh, you know, junior year. So, you know, Matt was uh, just a load in the paint and, and one of those, you know, true post players that you don't really see, you know, too often anymore. But when he was getting the ball in the paint, you can can guarantee most of the time it was going for two points. I don't want to compare Matt Wilson to Oscar Sheway because it would be unfair for what <laughs> Oscar's doing. But he was built a lot like Oscar. He was kind of that post player that's just so much stronger and bigger than everybody else. And he knew how to use it. I mean, he was getting hung on nightly, two or three people just beating him, banging. And, you know, he's still able to produce double doubles and uh, two region championships. But I'll be honest with you, um, I was impressed when I read, you know, when they sent in the bios. And, I, of course, I knew when I saw his name, he was a first ballot Hall of Famer. I mean, he deserves to be. Um, but when I saw his college numbers and the fact that he scored a 1,000 and, you know, some of the teams he played against were and the numbers he put up against those teams were they were impressive. I'm not gonna lie. And you know, Matt, Jake, Treg, Brett, Mac, Whittaker, I mean, the whole class. I mean, obviously they're thought of highly by the peers. And uh because what people don't realize is the coaches elect these people. It's not a committee out there that don't know anything. It's the coaches in the 10th region. And you know, I put a disclaimer 
And I want to say it on the podcast as well, because this is the day that I normally get 35 emails wanting to know why so-and-so is not in the Hall of Fame. Um, just to let those people know that, listen, the schools nominate the players. The coaches vote on the players that are nominated. It's not like we pick names out of a hat. It's not like we just throw random people out there. So if you have someone out there you feel is worthy of Hall of Fame recognition, contact the schools, and maybe they'll nominate them. But um, just the process is that we just pick random people and put them on a ballot and the coaches vote. While you're on that topic, there is one omission, and, you know, this could be maybe recency bias, but the numbers flat out speak for themselves. But to me – it's a crime that Austin Crawford w- wasn't in this class too. It's his fifth year removed from, from high school, which I think makes you eligible. And uh, the guy had 3000, over 3000 points and over a thousand career rebounds. And uh, you know, regardless of where you do that and how you do it to me, that makes you an automatic first ballot hall of famer. So I, I, I'm not going to, you know, point fingers at anybody and, and say something slipped up somewhere, but that was a clear omission. And in, 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 to me, a word that you like to use is asinine. He, he should have been on that list and, and should have been in this class. And, and I really hope that whoever is in charge of, of nominating him makes, make sure that happens next year, because to me, that's, it's just crazy that he's not on, on this list considering what he did with his body of work. Right. You know, and as president 10th region association, you know, I put the ballot together. Um, I collect the nominations and I can just put the people on the ballot that are nominated and go from there. But I truly, Truly agree with everything you said. Um, Austin Crawford is and will be a first ballot Hall of Famer when he makes the ballot. I almost bet you with 100% certainty that'll be next year. I think there was some kind of um, discrepancy with the five-year thing because he did graduate in 17. 22 isn't completely over, so he technically hadn't been out of school five years. So I don't know if that, but, you know, when I was asked um, by people, I said, yes, they could nominate him because Jake Omer was in the same boat and I allowed him to be nominated because Jake, in my mind, is a first ballot Hall of Famer, as is Austin Crawford. And Austin Crawford will someday, probably this time next year, be in the 10th Region Hall of Fame. 3,000 points, 1,000 rebounds. I don't care what school you play at. I don't care what schools you're playing against. You put the ball in the bucket to score 3,000 points and you go grab 1,000 rebounds, you're a Hall of Famer. Yeah, I mean, you know, and again, I think – what you all do with this is great. Um, you know, I can't think of many regions um, across the state that have so much notoriety like this with the Hall of Fame class. And, um, you know, everyone that, that that's on this list, I'm not going to say you can remove any of them, but, you know, adding him, I, I think, is just, you know, uh, an easy, clear-cut choice. But, you know, we, we can kind of, you know, focus on that maybe next year if it happens again. But, uh you know, I, I'm looking forward to seeing these guys at the uh, region tournament. Hopefully they can all make it out there uh, when they get recognized. And it, correct me if I'm wrong, I believe they do that at halftime of either is it semifinal or championship night. Well, um, it's Carrie Barr, who is the uh, kind of over the whole kind of like the 10th region representative for the whole, for the 10th region on a statewide level. I do kind of the 10th region stuff, but he's the one that kind of organizes everything. Um, normally we've recognized, I believe, um, the Hall of Fame may be the championship game, but the all-region teams, which will be out next week. Um, so there you go. The 10th Region Coaches Association, all-region teams, and honorable mention will be out next week. And I think those are not like the first and second team will be recognized at like one semifinal. The third team and honorable mention will be at another semifinal. And then the Hall of Fame will be at the championship. That's the way it's been done in the past. Um, I told the coaches today in an email that I would let them know for sure when the dates and times were, you know, I guess, you know, decided and for certain um, so they could let their Hall of Fame inductees know. So, um, but yeah, um, hoping they all come out to homes on those days because they deserve the recognition. You know, with COVID the last few years, we haven't always been able to, you know, recognize the the members as they needed to be recognized. And, you know, for those listening that was in the last Hall of Fame class, there is going to be a banquet or some kind of, you know, get together where we recognize the last class and this class and kind of formally induct them since COVID hasn't allowed us to do that in the past. So you might be able to help fill us in, but uh, just the veterans committee as well. I I, I don't know if we hit on them, um, but um, 
I don't even know how to pronounce this guy's last name. Brian. I do. I played against him. Okay, there you go. Um, I'll, let you, I'll let you talk about these two guys then. Well, I, I don't know John Rice a lot, but I know um, Will Jones is kind of a Bracken County historian. He's researched these guys, and I'm sure he's the one who nominated John Rice. But I did see where he played. I think he played Division One at East Tennessee State after Bracken County, uh, six foot five. I think he may have scored a thousand points. Uh, um, he put something on Twitter that I read because I wasn't familiar with John Rice. But uh, Brian Wittajewski is a um, Harrison County guy who I think was on the ballot last year, mm-hmm. and I was one hundred percent shocked that he wasn't inducted because this kid was a baller. And if I think he played on the team Harris County team in the nineties, mid nineties, that went to the state tournament. Um, very so good. The difference in veterans committee and players, like what what is the difference there? I don't really know. Um, I honestly, I'm not involved in the veterans committee. I think they have a group of um, veteran coaches who are retired now from the 10th region. The former committee was Carrie Barr. I think people submit them names. I had no idea who was even submitted on the veterans committee. He just sent me those two names today. Um, I don't know if 25 people were submitted and they chose two. I don't know if only two were submitted and they chose two. I don't know the process of the Veterans Committee, but I do know that, um, you know, when I think of Veterans Committee, I think of probably people a little bit, you know, before Brian Wittajewski's time. You know, I'm thinking of those ones probably back in the older days and maybe even people from Maysville High School, you know, Bath County, Fleming County that used to be 10th region. And I'm hoping that maybe Mason County or maybe in the future will start recognizing these um, – guys from Maysville, because I know Maysville has a lot of guys who are probably worthy of the 10th Region Hall of Fame. And Aaron Rigdon was really good about that when he was at St. Pat. Um, So hopefully somebody picks that back up with Aaron being gone now. But as far as the Veterans Committee, I don't know the process. I was just sent the names. But uh, I do know Brian Wittajewski, in my eyes, was a Hall of Famer in the 10th Region for everything he's done. Um, Just a phenomenal player. And, uh, you know, from reading uh, John Rice's numbers it looks like he was probably worthy as well so i don't know why they weren't submitted by the school and why they chose the veteran committee i i don't have an answer yeah with rice he averaged 29 and 18 his senior year so uh, i'm sure the guy got it done back in the late 60s so wow but um all right moving on uh congratulations to those guys but uh i think tonight i know bracken county plays grc and we're kind of interested to see how that turns out um Kudos to Adam Reed. He's got a tough week. I do know that he plays uh, Clark and Ashland this week, kind of leading into the district tournament, kind of a, I'm not going to say odd scheduling because I know Adam Reed fears no one. He'll schedule anyone, anywhere, anytime, which I've always admired that about him. But playing two uh, top five teams in the state the week before district uh, will probably, in his eyes, prepare them for this postseason run they're hoping for. And then uh, another big game in the 38th, uh, Robertson County travels to Nicholas County. If Nicholas County were to beat them, Nicholas County would gain the three seed and it would be Nicholas and Robertson in the first round of the district tournament. If Robertson were to win, then I think Nicholas and Pendleton would flip a coin for the 3-4. So um, that game has strong implications. And um, Robertson hadn't been playing as well lately. Um, fatigue maybe setting in because of you know low numbers and getting tired actually you know not really being able to go to the bench because of all the inexperience and lack of players but also think that Nicholas County's been playing a lot better here recently I look for that to be a ball game tonight overnight in Carlisle so that's really the slate of the 10th region tonight with really any implications yeah I mean I'm I'm curious to see um that Clark Racken game I'd I'd be there but it is Valentine's Day tonight and I gotta keep my girlfriend happy so uh hey happy wife happy life there you go um but I'm curious to see you know I I think Bracken has the guards um to to keep them in that game and remain competitive I think GRC has the horses to end up maybe pulling away toward the end but uh you know I, I could see that being you know maybe a game within 10 15 points um some people were asking me earlier, you know, Brad can keep it within 30 or whatever. But uh, on Clark's home floor, obviously going to be a tough task. It's their uh, regular season home finale. So um, I'm sure they'll be amped up and pumped for that. Probably senior night for Tanner Walton, Aiden Sloan. And I think they have a couple other seniors maybe. Stanley yeah, Smothers, not for sure if he's a senior or not. But yeah. I do know 
you know, I I agree with Thursday night last week during a game. But oh, okay. I, I could be wrong because they had like five or six guys they brought out. And I want to say like one of the student managers came out and scored some points too, which was okay. really cool. So um, I think that might have been last week. But still, I mean, tonight just being that regular season home finale and, you know, uh, a team that's incredibly hot right now in Bracken County, they've won 12 of 13. So, and, um, you know, I was telling somebody earlier with Coach Reed, um, what Blake and Caden are doing are impressive. I mean, they combined for 45 against Newport Central Catholic. Um, Blake's 75. hit, what, 19 threes in two games? Um, I, that's on a pace that I think is just blows my mind that, you know, you know, you know his scoring capabilities, and he's still able to go out and get 45 and then Caden 30. But, um, you know, what impresses me most about Coach Reed is how he's gotten – the other guys on the team to buy into their roles, accept their roles. And I think ultimately that's why they've been successful. I mean, they don't have any other guys trying to go out and score 30 or 40 because they have Blake and Caden who are capable, but like what he's done in the development of Austin Norton, you know, that kid has, you know, last year, I think he played some varsity minutes, but when I watched him, he struggled a little bit. He, kind of looked a little out of place at the varsity level, but the transformation he's made from last year to this year is almost 360 degrees to where he's just, he's a force out there, you know, loose balls, rebounds, defending, you know, making a few shots here and there, just doing his role. And I think what coach reads down with his role players is just as impressive as what Blake and Caden are doing. And I think that's why they're being successful. Yeah, I mean, you, you, you nailed it there. And, um, you know, you look at another guy like Garrett Reynolds. I think he's joined the team there in late December. And that's kind of when they've kind of started their their strong stretch of, of play is adding extra depth with him. And he gets in there and bangs down on the post along with Peyton Gilvin, along with Jashad Commodore. And like you said, those three guys know their roles to come in, provide tough quality minutes against the other team's post player go rebound the ball and, and and try and get, you know, any sort of efficiency the way they can on the offensive end, whether it be setting that screen or, you know, get getting a, a loose loose ball and getting some second chance points. And, you know, they're rolling right now. I think it's going to be a fun test. And, uh, you know, I'm looking forward to the Ashland game as well. Apparently, you know, Colin Porter's been sidelined with an injury. So if he's out in that game, I think that, make, that makes that game even more interesting. And, you know, Ashland's not an easy place to go get a win. So I, I, I commend them for, for playing this, this schedule here this late in the season. And let's be honest. I mean, they, they do need to get a test before next Thursday rolls around. And, yeah, that's me putting them in the championship game because I, I definitely think that they're going to be able to beat St. Patrick come next Monday in the first round. Right. And I, um, <laughs> the way they're rolling right now, I'm not so sure the winner of the other game, you know, wants to see them in the finals the way they're rolling. Um, it's oh, just come on um, now. They, they want to see them. I, I can guarantee you Mason County wants to play Bracken County next Thursday. Um, the players do for sure. Um, I think they're tired. Honestly, and, and this is just me speaking from the heart. They're tired of hearing about all that. Mason County's 19 and five right now. They're And they, they'll even admit that they haven't played their greatest, but yet they keep hearing everything about Bracken County. They keep hearing everything about George Rogers Clark and rightfully so, because those te- teams have earned their due, but I just think they're tired of hearing about it, and they're ready to kind of show what they can do as well. So I, I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Um, and obviously Mason County still has to get past Augusta in the first round first. And I, I think Augusta is going to come out a lot better than the, the one time that they played each other on December 10th when Mason County won by 31. I think it would be a much closer game this time around. But everybody, I think, around the region it would be looking forward to a Mason-Bracken game come next Thursday. And I'll have my popcorn ready for that one, too, because there's no love lost between those two teams. Right. And I, I think that's um, goes without saying. Um, but it's, you know, when you mentioned the Augusta Mason County game, I can guarantee you it's going to be a lot closer. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jason Henson is a phenomenal coach at preparing his guys for one game. And I promise you, he's probably watched. 15 film on Mason County. He's probably started preparing for Mason County already, which I I would almost bet 100% certain he has. But uh, he'll prepare his guys for one game. He'll have them ready, and it will be a game um, a lot closer than 31. If you remember on that night, that was also Maysville night. A lot of energy yeah. in that building. I remember big Marlin walking down the floor, kind of, you know, <laughs> strutting down there, throwing his hands up, kind of, you know, the crowd. And it was just a lot of energy in that building. And, 
But I can tell you this. That night, KG Walton and Philip Bearley played as good as they played all season. 11 I'm not 100% sure they can duplicate that. Um, but, you know, we'll talk about our preview next week. Um, I don't yeah, want to get I, detailed I, I right now. I hope that doesn't come off as me disrespecting Augusta and, and putting them to the side. But, you know, if things play out the way they should, then that would be the matchup Thursday night. But, you know, Augusta's known to knock off Mason County in the past, and it can happen. So I'm well, sorry to get off track a little bit there. <laughs> no, but uh, I promise you Jason Henson isn't scared of Mason County and neither are the Augusta Panthers because right. they've had success against them in the past. They know they can beat them. Now, Augusta's starting to play a little bit better. Um, like you said, Mason County probably feels slightly disrespected. They're 19 and five, and you hear very little talk about them, which if I know Brian Kirk, like I think I do, I think he loves flying under the radar. He loves, you know, that, you know, but with that being said, just to let you guys know next week on the podcast, we will be doing a uh, 10th region district preview. We'll preview each district, give our predictions and kind of tell you why we think so-and-so will win. But we don't want to get into too much now because uh, Evan and I put together, we each did our own. So he has one, I have one, and we'll kind of compare. We've put together all region teams, first, second, and third, with honorable mention. So we'll have 15 of our all region. Then we have 10 honorable mention. Let me go on the record in saying this is not the 10th Region Coaches Association, 10th Region Teams. This is just our opinion. Like I said before, I'm sure it'll bring controversy, and that's okay. I want all the smoke. Um, bring it on. Not scared of it one bit. But if you don't like our opinion, feel free to give your own and go with it from there. But, um, Evan, I actually felt like the first team wasn't too hard to pick. But because of the immense talent in the 10th region, I felt like it was hard to only pick 25 guys here. You know, I tried to – I researched every team. I researched almost every player in the 10th who I felt like should be in consideration. I made notes. I wrote down stats. I color-coded. I put a lot of work into this. So, uh, I'm not a seasoned veteran like you at this stuff. So, I wanted to uh, kind of give it some time and effort. And it took me about two days. I'm not going to lie. But I think I finally decided on my 15 players here. Yeah. I mean, I, I think, like you said, it, it – Putting the first team together for me wasn't really that hard, but once you got down to kind of the fringe second and third team players, it was a really tough decision. And then, um, you know, just making sure, you know, on my list, I made sure every school got representation. Uh, As did I. The honorable mentions. So, you know, there's 15 on the first three teams. There's, you know, five on each of those. And then 10 honorable mentions, which I, I to me is, is giving everyone a fair shake. Um, and of course, there's maybe going to be an omission or two that someone will disagree with. But again, these are just, you know, our rankings, and something we, we wanted to do for fun. Right. And, you know, not only, you know, omission, which I'm almost certain will happen, but um, also just somebody coming back. So-and-so deserves to be on the second team before so-and-so when they played against each other. This right. guy outdid this guy. And, you know, and I will be honest with you, I didn't look at each game. I kind of did it as a whole season. Um, like you said, we've covered the entire season. Um, I feel like we're as knowledgeable about the 10th region, the teams and the players and coaches as anybody is. Um, you more so than me because you've seen more games and more teams. But I've coached against um, everybody on this list that I've got, I've coached against. Except, except Tanner Walton. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, obviously he moved in this year. But I feel like I have a pretty good pull or hand on – you know who these players are, what they're capable of. So, um, so what do you, you want? want to, my, you want? Do you, how do you want to do it? You want my first team, and, or do you want my coach of the year and player of the year first, or what? We should save that for last, I think. We can do that last. All right. So here's my first team, and we can discuss that quickly. Uh, okay. Again, I don't know if there'll be too much discussion because I think it was kind of clear cut on who the five best players are, um, and this is just in no particular order, but my first team is Justin Becker of Robertson County, Jerome Morton of George Rogers Clark. Blake Reed of Bracken County, Terrell Henry of Mason County, and Eric Des Davey of Campbell County. Same five I got. It's the exact same five. And just to kind of touch on that, you know, like I said, I felt like that was pretty easy. Um, you know, Becker's currently second in the state and scoring at 34.4 points per game, shooting 58% from the field, 35% from three, 12 and a half rebounds a game. Drone Morton's the best player on the best team in the state. It's a no-brainer. 18.6 points per game, five rebounds per game. He leads his team in scoring. 
Um, Blake Reed, Blake Reed's on a stretch right now that if he would have kept this up, if he would have played at this pace all year, he could very easily, you know, be player of the year. And he still will get some votes for player of the year. I think he's playing that good. But he's averaging 28.2 points per game, 36.5% from three and 75% from the free throw line, which I think that 75% for the free throw line is probably much improved from last year because I think he struggled. Um, Terrell Henry. Um, 21.7 points per game, 6.4 rebounds, 62% from the field, 74% from the free throw line. And you're talking about he might be the most efficient scorer in the 10th region. Um, always got a lot of love for Terrell now that I've seen him play. And then Des Davey is just, you know, he's a man amongst boys out there. You know, 17 points, 11.4 rebounds, 55% from the field. And, you know, just to kind of mention – uh, we have three players in the 10th region who average a double-double. Justin Becker and Des Davey are two of the three. Um, so I think those five are clear-cut. Um, somebody out there may try to make an argument, but if me and you both agreed on those five, I feel like that's probably the five. Yep. And then moving on to – I think you did a great breakdown of each of those players and, and their stats and, and, and how they've kind of produced this season. So, you know, moving on to the second team, and I think a couple of these guys – probably do have an argument maybe to be on the first team. But to me, um, you know, we're, we're going to go with Aiden Hamilton from Campbell County, uh, Caden Reed from Bracken County, Tanner Walton from George Rogers Clark, Caden Custard from Harrison County, and then Kaysen Henson from Augusta. So that's the five on my second team. We have one different. I have Aiden, Tanner, Caden Reed, and Caden Custard. I went with Trent Edwards on the second team over Kaysen Henson. Um, okay. And I'm a big Kaysen fan, but uh, – you know, when I look at Trent Edwards' numbers, he kind of stuck out to me as, you know, he's averaging 13 points a game, shooting 61% from the field. And, you know, sometimes, you know, at Clark County, because they're the number one team in the state, I think a lot of their players get overlooked because everything goes to Jerome Morton and they don't want to nominate or vote for everybody from one team. But I think what Trent Edwards has done this year, you know, produced from last year, you know, I just felt like he was worthy. Um, but – um, the other four are the same, and just kind of touch on those guys. Aiden Hamilton is uh, 21 points per game, 45.8% from the three. 45.8% from the three. Tanner, like Walton, Tanner Walton's another guy from Clark, 12.3 points per game, 58% from the field, 49% from three, six rebounds a game, very deserving. Caden Reed, um, 17.8 points per game. He's the team's leading rebounder at 5.3 rebounds per game. He's also averaging over five assists and 4.8 steals per game. And, you know, if we had a defensive player of the year in the 10th, Caden Reed would get my vote for his size and, you know, what he's able to do. Then Caden Custard is a kid who, when I looked at all the uh, teams preseason in the 10th, he wasn't on the top 10. And it just blows my mind on what he does for – Harrison County and not be able to be a top 10 player in the region. And um, Caden's numbers currently are 13.8 points per game, 6.5 rebounds per game. And both of those lead his team. You know, another one of those guards that leads our team in rebounding, and he's a great offensive rebounder. Um, the only reason, you know, KHSAA doesn't recognize assists and steals. So I don't know what those, what Caden Custer's numbers are there, but I do know that, you know, Caden reads because, you know, when I looked at his numbers for all region stuff, I saw those numbers. So, um, you know, Kaysen Henson, you nominated him, and he did. He was the first person on my third team. So we can go ahead and talk about Kaysen. Kaysen is averaging 6.9 points per game, 51% from the field goal, and 80% from the free throw line. He does lead Augustine scoring. And I think the reason I dropped Kaysen to the third team was, you know, Kaysen's a winner. He's probably Augusta's, you know, one of their most valuable players. But – I just feel like, you know, his scoring's dropped this year, and that could be because Riley's scoring's improved or L.J. Connor's also getting double figures. But uh, I just felt like um, there's been some games this year I've watched of Case and to where um, he just didn't play very well. And, um, you know, people go through that. He is a senior. But here's what I do know. He is a winner. Um, he's a leader on the floor. And like you said, I expect him when Mason plays Augusta that he's going to play well and he brings his best for the biggest game. So to start off the third team, I'll do my third first because I have Kaysen. But then I also have Ethan Mulling from Calvary. I have Riley Maston, uh, David Govan, and Wyatt Clark. Okay. We're close again. Um, you know, back on the Trent and Kaysen thing, I, I have Trent as my first player basically on my third team. 
So, you know, we're, we're, we're right there. Um, and then also on that team, I have Riley Maston from Augusta. I've got Nate Mitchell from Mason County, Ethan Mulling from Calvary Christian, and then David Gavan from Bishop Rosser. So we've got pretty much, I think, 14 of the same 15. The only one we differ is where I believe I have uh, Mitchell, where you have uh, Wyatt Clark. Is that right? Yeah, and, I, and I'll be honest with you. I put Nate on honorable mention. Just yeah. you know, I just felt like with his injury and missing a lot of games, I I don't know if he's back to the player he was last year. If I was doing this last year, I think he'd probably been on my second team. Um, and maybe I'm wrong for saying this. You can probably. I just don't think Nate's had the season this year that he had last year. I agree. And, and I, a lot of that's probably a lot of that's probably injury related. You know. Mm-hmm. I it's hard to come back from an injury and produce the way you did, but he's still a great high school player, and I'm sure Coach Kirk's still happy to have him. But um, just kind of go through those guys' numbers. Um, you uh, also had Ethan Mulling. Ethan Mulling's averaging 20.3 points per game, 51.7% from the field, 80% from the free throw line, 39.6 three-point percentage, 8.3 rebounds, and he leads his team in all those categories. Wow. Pretty yeah. good season for Ethan Mulling. Um Riley Maston at Augusta is averaging um, 14.9 points, 9.7 rebounds. So he was real close to a double double. Um, Nate Mitchell's averaging 15.3 points per game, 73% from the free throw line. David Govan from Brossert um, is averaging 14.5 points. He's also shooting 60% from the field, um, 6.8 rebounds. He leads his team in points per game and field goal percentage. And then Wyatt Clark, who is a kid that I feel like this year is really kind of getting his name out there. I think his coming out party was last year in the district tournament. He hit six threes against Harrison County in the first round and kind of kept, kept Nicholas County within striking distance. And I think this year he's built on that. He's averaging 23 points per game, 35% from three, 76% from the free throw line, and then five rebounds a game. And I just think this kid here is – a superstar in the making. Uh, I watched him play twice this year, and I feel like he scores from every level. He can shoot the ball well. He can get to the rim. He makes free throws. I just feel like, you know, in order to be an all-around player, maybe a little bit more consistency and maybe more on the defensive end. But I'm really impressed with what I've seen from Wyatt Clark. Yeah, and, I, you know, it's it's hard to disagree with that. You know, and I, I think we were that close to where he's first up on my honorable mention list. So he's right there in the, in the top 15, I think, and, any list you you get from him, I think he'll be right there on the border or right on that third team. And, you know, definitely a dynamic scorer. And uh, correct me if I'm wrong, he's only a sophomore. So he's still got two very bright years ahead of him to where he can climb up that list and, um, you know, keep improving and moving on up. Right. And I think what's really impressed me is I think just how much he's improved because when he was a freshman last year and, you know, I coached against Nicholas County last year, I didn't even know the kid, didn't know his name. And then as the season goes along, you start hearing about this kid. And then he hits six threes against Harrison at Harrison. And Nicholas County's down four late with a chance to win. You know, he kind of opened your eyes. So then I started watching him this year. And he just looks smooth out there. You know, just kind of like he plays real smooth, a lot of fluid to his movements. And um, I'm just really high on White Clark. And that's no knock to Nate Mitchell. Like I said, I feel like his injury – you know, kind of got him off to a slow start. It took him a few games to get back into it. Um, I still expect Nate Mitchell's handprints to be all over, you know, Mason County if they win a district championship. Um, but, you know, no knock to either one of those kids. But honorable mention, a um, little bit tougher, I think, just because of the amount of good talent we have. And like you said, we're going to leave somebody off. And that's the thing I hate because, you know, you know, I've, I've got, a, like I said, I've got my notes here, and it's just kind of hard to, you know, there's probably a kid from, for example, a kid from Clark County who may deserve honorable mention over a kid from another school. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I, it, I, it's I, tough. It's tough. I'll, yeah, and I'll, I'll go ahead and get started on mine. Um, okay. You know, honorable mention-wise, like I said, Wyatt Clark was was first on my list to get there. And then again, here these the rest of these are in no real particular order on one through ten or whatever. Right. But I have uh, you know Chase Walton from St. Patrick. I've got Trey Carroll from Montgomery County, Luke Rui from Calvary Christian, Braden Kidwell from Pendleton County, Jakari Ransom from Paris, Leighton Starks from Bourbon County, Nolan Hunter from Scott, 
Sam Parrish from George Rogers Clark, Aiden Sloan from George Rogers Clark, and then Jake Gross from Campbell County. So that rounds out my honorable mention list. Um, um, and it gives us a fair representation of, of every um, school in, in the region. And, um, you know, to me, that's my top 25 players in the region. Um, we differ a little bit um, in the uh, – uh, we have a lot the same, but um, I have Sam Parrish from GRC. I chose Luke Fonz at Montgomery over Trey Carroll. I have both of their names listed here. Carroll's averaging 0.4 points more per game, um, shooting 36% from three. But Fonz is also averaging 12.3. He's also getting 4.3 rebounds. He's shooting 83% from the free throw line while being an eighth grader. Um, so I just, you know, Trey Carroll, he crossed my mind. I wrote him down, but I went with Luke Fonz. Um, then I also have Nate Mitchell, which we've talked about. I chose Braden Howe and Nolan Hunter from Scott. I feel like those two kids have had a real good season. I chose Luke Rui as well, Braden Kidwell. Uh, I went Cortavion Smith from Bourbon County. Um, he is averaging 8.6 points per game, but he's shooting 42% from three. And I think he's one of their primary ball handlers um, or in the backcourt, so I chose him. I also chose Jakari Ransom from Paris. And I also went with Chase Walton from St. Pat. And, you know, when we mentioned earlier that there were uh, three people in the 10th region who averaged a double-double, we mentioned Becker and we also mentioned Des Davey. The third one is Chase Walton. And I know a lot of Chase's uh, individual numbers get overlooked because he's playing at St. Pat and St. Pat don't play a lot of the upper echelon 10th region teams. And they play against a lot of teams that are competitive to them. But, you know, I've seen Chase even put up some good numbers against some of the other Class A schools in the 10th. So I think Chase deserves recognition for the numbers he's put up. But um, he's currently averaging 18.9 points per game, 11.4 rebounds. Jakari Ransom, 14.9 points per game, 38.8% from the three. So um, I feel like we've both done a good job of representing each team in the region. And um, the only one that I, I had Jake Gross on my list as well. Um, and I think I chose Braden Howe over top of Jake Gross. Um, but Jake Gross's numbers are 11.4 points per game. And he's shooting 78% from the free throw line. Um, but, you know, the one person I really, really considered, and I don't know if you made a list, but I made a list of four others that I kind of considered. Mm -hmm. um, the one I really considered kind of at the end, too, was LJ Connor. Yeah, that's I a got, tough one, man. Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah. But, you know, and the one thing I've seen about LJ is when he's really good, he's really good. But I've also seen those games where he kind of disappears a little bit. Um, but, you know, when he's really good, he's playing defense, he's getting layups in transition, he's making the outside three, and he shot the ball real well recently against Harrison County. Um, but he's currently averaging, I think, 11 – I wrote it down here – 12.3 uh, points per game, 51% from the field, 35% from three. So pretty good numbers for LJ. So that's just kind of one that didn't make the cut, who I feel like, you know, maybe next year could crack this list. But I'll throw, hey, I'll, throw, I'll throw a disclaimer on him. I mean, if it wasn't for having to put everybody, every school on there, LJ would have definitely been on my list. But like you said, I mean, the consistency to me was, was one, I think, where I might have given someone else a nod over him. But – I, I do think LJ is, is probably one of the top 25 players in the region, to be fair to him. Right. And, uh, you know, and, you know, LJ, what's kind of crazy about LJ is, you know, he started out this season kind of coming off the bench. He was that energy spark plug that Augusta needed. And I thought he did that role very well. I thought he was super at just coming in and making plays and whether good or bad, he was making something happen. You know what I'm saying? He um, just – I don't know. And then since he's come in the starting role, I think he's also done a very good job of um, just being that scoring leader. You know, Archibald transferred to Bracken County, and LJ kind of filled into that spot and has kind of um, done a good job with it. So, um, you know, I totally agree with you. It, you know, we tried to make it to where at least one representative from every school – was representative because though you know those teams need recognition too and they do have good players on their team that often get overlooked yeah absolutely i think it's a good list and you know we agreed for the most part maybe you know one or two names here or there but i think it shows how 
you know, spot on the assessment is between ourselves and, and how we how we kind of see the region. Well, what'll be really funny is, and we can do it next week. Of course, you know, we want to do our district preview, and but next week when we kind of look at the coaches association and their teams and kind of compare. Yeah. No. And I don't, I don't think they have the requirement of putting, you know, one player from each school on there. No, so. but what requirement they do have that um, kind of, uh, you know, makes it, I think, a little more fair and unbiased is you can't vote for your own player. Yeah. You know, so that kind of, you know, you kind of get a true picture, you know, of that coach's assessment of the region because they can't put their players one, two, and three or one and two or one. Um, but, you know, it's um, – the coaches are right now sending in their uh, their representatives and then I'll get the ballot out and then maybe next week when we record, we'll be able to compare their list to ours. And um, I look for it to be similar. Um, but you never know. I've seen where districts stick together and vote for their own district and kind of not vote for other players because they want their district's players higher. And um, But – I, I hope politics don't play a lot into it. I hope they truly, you know, respect the kid and their effort enough that they'll vote for who they truly believe deserves to be on it. But I'd almost be right. willing to bet that our first teams are the same. Did we hit on – are we going to do region coaches? Oh, absolutely. I'll make right, mine quick because so. I know I got to run. Um, my top three voting and coach of the year, I had uh, Adam Reed one, Bracken County. Uh, Josh Cook two from George Rogers Clark. And then I had Brian Cook three from – or Brian Kirk three from – from Mason County. Um, and then my, my players of the year, my number one was Justin Becker from Robertson County. Number two was Blake Reed from Bracken County. And then number three was Jerome Morton from George Rogers Clark. That was exactly my same three in both. Um, I had coach of the year. I had coach Adam Reed one. I also had Josh Cook two and Brian Kirk three player of the year. I went Justin Becker one. I went Blake Reed two and Jerome Morton three. And I think what Blake's done here recently is um, kind of, propelled him and put him over the edge but hey man go ahead and uh i'll sign off and uh congratulations on a valentine's date tonight i wish i had one myself but <laughs> i don't so it'll be me and the tv and a bag of popcorn but thanks for hopping on and uh, uh enjoy your dinner tonight and we'll see you guys next week stay tuned and stay hot